The greatest problem in this world is that people are too f***ing scared to be themselves. Scared of what others think. Why? Because society made you fit into a tiny little box. Welcome, 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 welcome to the Feeling Alive podcast. Jeez, what a little intro that is, eh? The Feeling Alive podcast. I started this October 2019, this series, this podcast, and it's expanded so much now. I'm going into, we're going into its second year, and this is going to be the last podcast episode, solo episode. There will be some woke man coming out this Friday, but this will be the last solo episode for 2020, and I cannot wait to see what this voice throws out next year on this podcast. You know, the. The number one reason why I actually really wanted to start this series was for me to learn more about myself through others. And if 2020 has given me anything, it's a lot of self-knowledge, one, through myself, and definitely two, through others. Um, And I have deepened even more into my true nature, my true self, which leads me into talking about what this episode is. You've seen the title, Becoming Spiritual, It's Not What You Think. I actually uh, have been wanting to do this for a, for quite a while right now, but I thought I you know I was actually sitting in my meditation this morning and um, I did some breath work before and I'm like it's time, Luca, you must release it, you know that inner voice saying you must release it. They're waiting for you. They're waiting. So I thought to listen to that inner voice and I was like okay, I've got it. Quit now. I'm doing it. And here I am. Why do I want to do it? Why do I, why is this important? Well, why is it important to understand what real spirituality is from my perspective? Because I'm always right. That's one, right? Everything I say is right. I'm saying that with a smile on my face, sort of. But I think I have a unique I have a unique experience with spirituality. Um, and I wanted to share what it is from my perspective. Again, all of these podcasts are my perspective because I have a set of experiences with a certain set of beliefs that create a, um, a program that operates and acts and behaves certain ways. So take what you need from it. This may resonate with quite a few of you, though, I suspect. And it's really dedicated to those closet spiritual junkies. I know there's quite a few of you out there that, you know, Shop for crystals with um, balaclavas on because you don't want anyone, your neighbors to see you. I know, I see you. I see you secret shopping for crystals. Or you have your oracle cards and you put them away when your friends come over, your non-spiritual friends come over. I see you. I only say this because I've been there. Um, but the first thing is, is I want to talk about what spirituality is. Well, I'm, you know, there's so many different definitions and a lot of times people think spirituality is like, you know, even like one of the Oxford dictionaries was like, it's, it's, um, it, I think it says like more concerned about the, the spirit or essence of the spirit of the universe, the unseen forces, and less on the physical or material plane. But I disagree. I think spirituality is actually, you know, it's not about wearing a loincloth, that's for sure. You don't have to go and devote yourself to a certain God. Yes, people do that and they are spiritual of nature. 
but that's not what becoming spiritual is about. So I think that scares a lot of people away. It's like, oh, I've got to go wear a loincloth or I've got to wear feathers in my head. You know, you can wear feathers in your head and I, and I, and I know a lot of people who do that. But because I don't and, and they do doesn't make me any less spiritual. We're not actually becoming spiritual. We're remembering who we are. Okay, that's the, that is a really important fact. It's like there's no becoming spiritual. It's remembering our true nature. The physical and the spiritual, the material and the spiritual are interwoven and not separate. So when someone says, oh, they're becoming spiritual, oh, that person's, you know, they've become real spiritual now, they've changed. Well, yeah, they've changed, but guess what? Change has been the only thing that is consistent in the history of time. Otherwise, unless you want to go back to the AD and not, and like if you don't want to accept change, go back to like before Christ and hang out there when you have to like bath in a, in a clay pot with your friends. I don't want to do that. I'm, exact, I'm really happy about change. And you know what? I don't have to go and bathe in a clay pot anymore. I'm going and all wear a loincloth. I'm going to wear nice clothes. I'm going to, um, we're, we're dealing with social media now, you know. You don't have to be a certain way. You don't have to renounce everything and run to the caves. What I want you to remember is the unseen forces. Spirituality is remembering and understanding and connecting to the unseen forces. Now, some of you probably all going, oh, what, is he talking about ghosts? Well, not necessarily, no. I'm talking about the energetic field that surrounds our planet and creates an atmosphere. I'm talking about gravity that suspends the earth, this huge ball of rock that weighs more than anything on earth, funny enough. And, and that it's, it's suspended in the middle of nowhere while we spin around with six or seven other planets, six other planets around a gas ball on fire. And then it takes eight minutes for that heat, for that light to reach Earth, traveling through the cosmos. There's forces out there that we can't see. That's spirituality, remembering those forces. There's one in four trillion, even, it's even more than four trillion, chances that you're born. Because there's two cells that came together from your mother and your father, two cells, and you can't see them. The naked eye cannot see them. You have to look at them under a microscope. They come together, and over nine months, they communicate with each other and with the, in the womb, they communicate with each other and they say, put the nose here, put the ears here. Um, first of all, with the first organ, the priority organ is the heart. We're going to build that first and then we're going to go and focus on all the other organs. Uh, we're going to put five toes, each, each foot, left foot, right foot. It's going to shape this way, that way. You know, hairy legs, not hairy legs. That communication isn't done from a doctor outside the womb. It isn't done from the doctor outside the womb. It's done from the DNA inside the cell. And it's through the process of uncoding that DNA, decoding that DNA, and then that builds proteins. Whatever communicates that, we're not smart enough to build that yet. We're getting there. So what is, what is that? What is that intelligence that creates that? Remembering what creates us is just about coming back to that realization that we are two cells, unseen cells, coming together to form one huge human being.
in nine months. That's crazy. And yet we can't be spiritual. That's what spirituality really is. It's just about being in love with the unseen. Fully understanding that there's something greater out there. And that is actually within us too, because the intelligence communicates through us every night we go to sleep. Our nails get bigger, our hair grows, our heart beats, our lungs breathe. Something operates you without you telling it to. And that's what I want everyone to remember, what real spirituality is. It isn't actually something that we become or we buy. It's something that we remember. And that is game-changing. That is game-changing. And I'll talk a little bit about why, you know, about the vibrations and healing and stuff in a second. But it makes me so, so, so powerful. And this is what I teach in my Change of Reality group, just the essence of this universe, just to give some people a little bit more understanding of who they truly are, that they're far more than the physical. You know, the agnostic, atheistic views can... When you start to think about this and people can't understand what's creating this, there is no, like, if I compare, okay, let me go back to this for a second. If I compare the agnostic, atheistic attitude, because I'm going to be talking about this in a second, um, to, no, I'll talk about it now. The agnostic and atheistic attitude, right? Think about the attitude of those people, those people, just the people with those views trying not to separate them from me right now. Um, <laughs> so, and then you look at like someone who's just, a, you know, like Eckhart Tolle or, you know, someone who's naturally spiritual, like just, just a very spiritual teacher or Wayne Dyer, whatever it is. And you look at the attitude of that person. It's almost like one looks at the glass half full and one looks at the glass half empty. What do you think if we, you know, knowing that our thoughts create our reality, we, we all can probably agree on that. That everything that is, is created in physically had to become, come from a thought first and then the thought got brought into material form, right? Our thoughts create a reality. But if you think about the mental attitude of those two, the agnostic and the spiritual person, which one is going to have a more peaceful life, do you think? Which one's going to have more, um, going to be more of a flow state? Which one's going to be more of a, a, a loving state, a giving state, a generous state, a kind state? I'm not saying, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that agnostic, atheistic people are, are like bloody, don't hang around them and, they're, and they're, they don't give and they're not kind. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm talking about the attitude. There's a difference in the attitude. If anything, spirituality gives you hope and faith in dark times. And it comes in the shape of an attitude, not as a symbol, as an attitude. And you don't have to wear that symbol around your neck to be spiritual. You carry the attitude internally because you choose to look at the world differently. You see the glass as half full and that is potent. That is potent. So remember... Spirituality means you don't have to have less money. Spirituality means you don't have to give away all your food in the cupboard. Spirituality doesn't mean you have to um, wear a loincloth or you have to change your clothes to be all eco and you have to go and live out in a hut in the bush. No, spirituality does not mean that. Spirituality is needed. The real spirituality is needed in the big cities, is needed in the nine to five, is needed in the corporations. That spirituality is needed everywhere because they are beacons of light in the form of an attitude. 
helping people see their life challenges differently with hope and faith. That whatever it is, God, creator, source, universe, everyone's got a name for it. Um, Shiva, Krishna, bloody Jesus, <laughs> bloody Mary. Oh, no, wait, that's, that's a drink. Um, you know, whatever name you got for it. I think I call it, I call it more like the universe. I've been starting to use the word God a lot more lately because I realize God for me stands for the grand orchestrated divine um, and not as a he or a she, but more as an energy. Um, and where was I going with this? That, that, that beacon, that, 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 that universal source energy or whatever it is, <laughs> source energy, baby, flowing through me, that source energy, baby, is going to be needed in those moments where, you know, these, we call these light workers, people that just have a little bit more light in their spirit. They have a light spirit. It's not whether they are literally like a light switch. They're just a light spirit. And those people are in everyday jobs. I know people who are spiritual and hide it, but they are put in places where there's a lot of dark energy. I call them the transmuters because they're transmuting energy from those dark times that people, you know, the dark, the dark attitudes, the dark ways of being, the, the violent acts, those light workers, those light beings go through some crazy shit because they're transmuting some sh crazy energy. Um, and where am I going with this? I feel like what's really important is that don't think you have to evacuate your family life, that you, don't, that you have to evacuate um, your job and your career. Yes, you naturally might have to because you, you realize you're on a different path now when you go through an awakening. You're on a different path and you naturally you get called to go somewhere else and do a different job or and that's okay. But if you love what you do, because that's where you focus, focus on what you love. If you love what you do and you stay in that, but it doesn't mean if you become spiritual, you can't do what you love anymore. As long as you love it, if your heart's speaking to you, say, I get up and do this any day. And spirituality, because that can be a whole nother level of conditioning, thinking, you know, and a whole nother level of judgment, we call that spiritual bypassing. Those people, those people that, that judge you for doing what you do, tell them to get effed because as long as you love it, you can be the light beacon there. That's all we need is the light beacon in the places where it's needed most, not on the, not on the spiritual commune, not on the hippie commune, not out in Ubud, Bali, because I tell you something, I went out there and did that when I was living in Bali. I was like, I'm going to be around my people. And I went to Bali and I realized that for those six months that I lived in Ubud, that there was just as many spiritual people running um, from the real world because they couldn't handle it. And, you know, we always say, oh, the nine to fivers or the matrix, you know, we say that. But we ain't going to change shit sitting out in a spiritual commune. Like we're out in Ubud having our like dancing, doing our aesthetic dance. Do a static dance, go to Ubud for a month, but don't forget the people, you know, this parable with Jesus. Don't forget the people that you've left behind because they need you. The, the Jesus' parable is the one where, you know, um, he, there's, no, there's a hundred sheep, the shepherd walks and one sheep gets lost behind. I'm butchering this and paraphrasing it. But one sheep, you know, runs off and goes another direction or, you know, gets left behind. The shepherd doesn't, doesn't just keep walking with the 99 and says, oh, well, have fun. But yet we do 
and we go, oh, we don't want to, you know, they're, they're slacking off. We can't have compassion for that one. The shepherd goes around, rounds up the one that run, run behind, stops the 99, goes back to get the other one and brings them back and brings them all back together. That's what real spirituality is, is not forgetting, not forgetting the people that we're leaving behind. I, I definitely think we do need times to like recluse and go and be around more like-minded people. I'm not saying that not to do that. Go and recharge your batteries, fill your cup, filleth your cup and serve with thy overflow. And go out there and give the people the medicine, the people who need it. Not the people who have already got it. Don't preach to the choir. Go give the people who need the medicine. Because that talks about, you know, we're talking about vibrations now. And this one, this one has, has taken me a lot, a lot to figure out over my own journey. We all say like that person's toxic or they've got a bad vibe or you know I'm I'm they're not entering my field. Yes, you have respectful boundaries. Yes. But also remember that there is always two sides to a challenge. There'll be one for the victim and one for the perpetrator. There'll be a lesson for both. So when you run away from a uh, from a challenging experience, you're running away from a valuable lesson that your soul is here to learn. Now think about this. Can you grow if life was easy? Would you grow? Would you learn if life was everything was gifted to you, had no challenges, no, no problems? You wouldn't. We grow spiritually and just physically through challenge. We go to the gym, it hurts, but we grow. This is life. So what I would like everyone to start to think about is what's the potential lesson in this toxic person? What's the potential lesson with this person with a bad vibe? You know, if you're safe, if you're safe, and you're not in, in, in danger's way, in harm's way, physically, then it's important not to dismiss these lower vibrations, so to speak, quote-unquote, so quickly and so judgmentally. Do not dismiss the lower vibrations. As long as you're safe, ask yourself, what's this showing me? What's this showing me? And I guarantee you, if you run away from it, it'll come dressed, that vibration will come back dressed up in a new way in a new person, dressed up with beautiful new clothes, shiny new clothes, and they're going to come back and piss you off again in someone else. The same thing. It's going to be dressed up differently. So learn from it. doesn't mean you have to have that person in your, in, your, in your field. What will happen, most times what happens, is if you've fully learned the lesson and you had the breakthrough to that experience, that person isn't in your field. They go. Learn the lesson. Whatever this lesson is for you right now, this challenging situation, ask yourself, what can I learn from this person? What are they showing me? Now we're going to healing. You know, this is the, where we start to talk about vibrations. We're healing. When we're healing our, our spirit, we're healing our, our physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual body. Um, most of us go through this period, especially 2020, man. 2020 has opened a lot of eyes. And it is starting to awaken a lot of people to what they really want in life and to their own true calling. Like they want more out of their life. They're like, this is not what I actually really wanted. We're being shifted hardcore right now. So when we go through this healing, we're going through a, a deconditioning phase. We're deconditioning the human mind and starting to rediscover what our true nature is you know, outside of our mum and, and our parents' belief systems, outside of our social belief systems and, and cultural conditioning, outside of all of that. 
You know, what are your natural gifts and abilities? What does your heart sing? That's what we're going through now. That's what healing really is. It's deconditioning yourself so you can come back in and rediscover your true nature. That's what's important right now. If any of you now are listening, calling, you know, healing is many different ways. It can be done in many different ways. Healing is, can be done in breath work. Healing can be done in meditation. Healing can be done in just going for an ocean swim and you get this like, you know, huge emotional burst through you because you start to see the beauty in nature and you realize, you know, insights into all those challenges and you have these aha moments. Healing can happen so spontaneously, you don't even know. You know, energy healing is a huge one. I did like eight months, nine months of solid energy healing. Um, psychotherapy, you know, I, 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 and I think everyone needs to also work on the mental game too, like in healing, not just the energy game, but the mental game, understanding their psyche, what drives them. Healing can be getting your ast- astrology chart read, your birth chart read, getting your human design chart read. Healing, any, any way to start to know your true self is healing. Breathwork's been huge for me. Um, in, a, in about, I'm actually, this is going to be the last episode for the year, but also I'm going offline this Saturday for a month because, you know, off all social media, I'm going to, you know, cut back a lot of time on my coaching calls and my group stuff because I'm, I'm going through my own, I'm in Saturn return right now, man. Like I'm going through my own Saturn return and my Saturn is in Capricorn which we're coming out of. So uh, I'm like, I mean, smashed around. A lot of stuff's been shaken up inside me and being called to rise to my truth even deeper and what that means and what I, who I really am. And we're always going through this, every one of us. You know, there's no, people, all the joke is like, people always say, like, when's this going to be over? When's this healing journey going to be over? I always say to them, like, do you ever want it to be over? Like it doesn't, it's not so hard later on, but if you, if you want it to be over, it means that everything, all the challenges are going away then you won't grow. It's a continuous process. You will expand deeply throughout your life and you'll heal little things here and there. Not saying that you won't, you'll be the same person as you are now. That's definitely not going to happen. You'll be more peaceful, loving, giving, generous, forgiving. <laughs> you know, than you'll ever have been in your whole life. But I would rather do, you know, geez, what have I been doing this for now? A couple of years, like healing deeply, consciously deeply on a, on a healing journey for a couple of years now. I would rather do a couple of tough years and break through a lot of, you know, the hard casing and get into my truth now or live the rest of my life in that hard casing, in that hard, rock-hard shell. So I'm breaking it down slowly. I'd rather do a couple of years of that and live more and live with more peace and contentment and joy in my life and more love. So that's what I say to everyone who's going through a healing journey right now. But again, so I'm going on a big medicine. You know, it came up. A lot of stuff's been coming up for me. And uh, I'm going on a... The it, it, funny thing is like the healing will find you when you're ready. And so the same thing that happened with this, like I'm doing a medicine journey, a plant medicine journey. Um, and I'm going, it's going to be very, 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 I've done a couple and they've been really profound for me. Uh, I've done five MEO DMT, the toad, and I've also Buffo. So I've done that Buffo toad. And I've also, that was a huge journey, by the way, like that, that, that skyrocketed me into even more of who I am. I did that a couple of years ago. 
Um, and then I've done a, multiple different psilocybin uh, journeys, and they were quite, they were transformative, but also very deep. Um, and I, I wouldn't say go out and just like grab some and like go into your lounge room. I would say go and do them with someone who stays in, in reality and do it with a shaman or do it with someone who's a, um, a healer guiding you. 1000%, please do that. But don't go search it, it will find you. And so this one I'm doing um, will be, and I'll talk about it after I'm doing it, but just keeping the energy container in it. But I'm, I'm just doing another a medicine journey. And um, that's going to be, it's, you know, really intimidating, but it just felt it in my heart. I said, do I need to do this? And it came up in my field and I said, do I need to do this? And it was yes. Yeah, it was. It took me a day. I, I just like asked the question and came into my heart space in the center of my chest. I was like, "Do I really need to do this?" And I was like, "Yes," and okay. And then it and it just went it, like it. There was no resistance at all. Just happened, booked in, everything ready to go. Um, and then so I want to intentionally go into it, and I choose to intentionally go into all my healing, you know, big healing journeys like this intentionally. And I want to go offline, and I want to don't have. I don't want to have any distractions. Um, and I think social media has a bit, has been a big distraction for everyone, and and for me in particular, no podcast, no interviews, no nothing through that whole period, and treating it as a sacred journey back into myself. This doesn't have to be for everything, but you know, every you know, you don't have to go and do this. Oh, I've got a breathwork journey or a cacao ceremony coming up. You don't have to go and jump into this like month long thing, but uh, at least treat it as a sacred experience. I'm treating this one for, with a month, bef- you know, during this healing journey because it is a very deep journey. It's not something that it's for the, I, I don't think it's something for the lighthearted and a lot of people don't want to go down this path. Um, but I feel called to and I feel ready to. I've also, you know, f- going into my astrology. Oh man, healing. I need to do a lot of healing basically. And, um, my Chiron, it's, it's in your Chiron. So if anyone knows their astrology charts, go find your Chiron and look up, like say whatever, whatever star sign it's in, whatever sign it's in, Chiron in, mine's Chiron in Cancer, which um, is said to be like, you know, one of the ones you don't really want to have. It's like one of the harder ones to have, if not the hardest. It's all around like family and mother wounds. And my Jupiter, which is how you come out of it and how you heal from it, is in the exact degree of that. So it's called a conjunction, meaning that I need to get the, the way out of my healing actually triggers me. <laughs> it is effed up, man. So the way out of my healing is the way that I get triggered and don't want to go into it. Anyway, so I've got a big journey on my, my healing path and I encourage all of you, whatever way, wherever you are on your journey, you know, chapter one, chapter 10, chapter 20, chapter 5,000. Look at everyone equally, and you're on your own path. You're exactly where you need to be. No one is actually meant to be anywhere else. From any other decision they've made, they made the exact decision they needed to. And just just a reminder for all my closet spirit, my um, closet spiritual junkies, is you don't have to declare the world to the world that you're spiritual. A lot of people think that. Okay, you just have to carry it in you. As a way that you, you know, as a way that you see the world, it's your attitude, the way you see the world through your attitude, and that will speak and change exactly what you want on the outside. Your energy speaks louder than your words. You don't need to go out and speak it. Just be it, okay? Just be it. I'm going to leave it at that for this one. 
I was going to talk a little bit about my my own spiritual path. Um, actually, you know what? I will. Yeah, you know what, Luca? Let's do it. Come on, man. All right, let's do it. <clears throat> so I was spiritual at four years old. No, well, yes. If we if we go off my um my earlier things, we were all spiritual, baby. Source energy, baby. Um, my spiritual journey has been very interesting, and a lot of the funny thing is, is like I was very much a closet spiritual person, but also not wanting to expand on it, but also wanting to expand on it because the culture that we live in is very much, you know, especially from growing up in Australia. I was very lucky. I grew up in a, a traditional Maori family, so I grew up with my grandfather for many years, raised by him until he passed away at nine. Um, you know, we do a lot of we, you know, in the traditional Maori culture, there's a lot of like myths and legends and we, you know, you just have to watch the haka and it gives you so much goosebumps. You know, we're le- learning how to speak Maori growing up with him, learning the haka growing up with him. Um, we also, you know, do a lot of karakia, which is prayer in Maori. Um, and this was how I grew up. And so we always grew up with the idea of there being ghosts and spirits and there's another realm. Like we, that was just how we grew up. Um, but then after he passed away, me and my mum were really, you know, me and my mum and my auntie and my cousins, we were all very much into it. Like we always like loved the spookiness of it and love like the psychic mediums. And we grew up, mum's very much, uh, my mum is also very much psychic and medium. She just hasn't tuned into it as much of recent, but she, you know, used to see a lot of spirits growing up. I saw a lot of spirits growing up. I had a crazy experience when I was nine years old. And this is the thing, like when you, when you have an experience, you can't unsee that experience. You can't unfeel that experience. When I was nine years old, I was supposed to um, be in the car with my grandfather driving from Perth to Tom Price, which is in, you know, 16 hour drive in Australia, north. Um, and I was begging and begging and begging him to be on the plane. Uh, and he wanted me to drive in the car with him. I, I want to be on the plane because I hadn't been on a plane before. I think I've been on, only on, on the plane once. And he goes, no, you're coming in the car with me. And like three days, this is weeks before, three days before I just I thought I'll ask him again because I'd given up. And he said, yes, yes, I'll throw you on the plane. And I was literally on the plane, next plane and I was out. And 40 kilometers out of town, he died. He rolled the car and died. And he had like all my stuff in the car and like died on impact. Um, and I was supposed to be in the car with him. But then a year later, less than a year later, I was in a car traveling. I was in like a doorless Jeep, one of those old school doorless Jeeps. This is like 99. Um, and we're driving on a dirt road with my mum, and I didn't have a seatbelt on, but I had a door. It was doorless Jeep. And mum saw me didn't have a seatbelt on. She was driving 90 kilometers on a dirt road. This is a crazy story. 90 kilometers on a dirt road. And I turn, she goes, put your seatbelt on. I turn over to grab my seatbelt. And I, everything just goes white, like just white. Everything was just like, woof. And that's all I can remember to this day. And I fell out of the car, 90 kilometers an hour, nine years old, fell out of the car. Mum thought she'd ran me over onto a dirt road in dust and everything. And she turned around. She slammed the brakes on. I asked her later. This is what I asked her later. I said, what happened, Mum? Slammed the brakes on. She goes, I thought I killed you. And she ran out on the dirt road, waited for the dust to settle. And I'm sitting up just crying. And I had barely a scratch on me, and I had no broken bones. And I am still to this day, and still, undisputed, undead little boy of the year, 
<laughs> I'm still mind blown from that. Like, what was that white light? Because they all talk about this, right? What was that white light? And then shortly after, um, anyway, shortly after, I wake up in the middle of the night in the house, like it was like a couple months later, with my TV on in the room. And it's back in the old school days, you know, where the TV had that gray, like, that, that screen when it wasn't in, in um, tune. And that was coming up. And I woke up to it in the middle of the night. I'm like, what the hell? I didn't have the TV on when I went to bed. And then I look at it, and then all of a sudden I see these two gray shadows sitting on the edge of my bed. And one on the left was the shape of, had my grandfather, it was my grandfather. I had the shape of him and his hair and everything. And on the side, it looked like my sister because she would have been about three at the time. And I said to her, I remember saying to her, because her name's Kittyana, I said, Kitty, what, what are you doing? Go to bed. And um, she didn't turn around. And then I was like, hang on a second, what is this? And then I sort of like was sitting up in my bed and they're still sitting at the end of the bed looking at the TV. And I'm like, what the hell? So I went and swiped my hand through them. And I thought, are they, like in my head, I'm like, they're ghosts. And I put my hand through them and I went straight through them and I absolutely shit myself. I'm not even kidding. And um, I jumped straight out of the blanket and I woke up in the morning and the TV was off. And I was like, what the hell just happened? So I've had enough of these experiences in my life. And there's another one actually where mum had a, after shortly after my grandfather died, mum had a calling to just, she just felt called to like ring this, like, you know, the, the psychic people, the, you call up a psychic medium on TV. So she called them up and this was not long after my grandfather died and she was really close with him. And he, she, um, she had been, she had a photo in the lounge room of him, of, of my grandfather, of Kodor. And she would go and look at him every day and cry. And the psychic said, your, grand, your father's with me. He says he sees you looking at the photo frame every day and he watches you and he says it's going to be okay. And that is just wild. This is a person on the phone. And so all these experiences for me, and I've had many, many more, I've collected over time, have, have made me realize that there's so much more to this world. And as I get into my, 19, into my late, late teens, early 20s, I've, I was always spiritual with my family and my girlfriends. You know, I've had you know, my, main, my first girlfriend, my main girlfriend, my first girlfriend, Demi, Dem, she was, you know, from 18, I've known her since I was 14, um, 18 to 18 to 24. She knew exactly how spiritual I was. And it's funny because like none of my, none of my friends at that time did, but that spirituality was just me understanding that there was far more, just remembering and believing in something far more. That's all it was. And it slowly came out as I expanded and grew. And now it's like fully coming out of me. And all these experiences have actually added to who I am today and how I help people and teach people today. But I never really spoke about it to too to, to many people because I think one, it wasn't really the time, like I was still partying and drinking and everything, but I don't think it really needed to be said. But there was definitely, there's definitely been an energy in me this whole time that is very calming and peaceful. People say that quite often to me. Very like calming and like feel safe around you and you're very peaceful. Until I'm in my like childish moments and I, and I, you know, then it changes. But anyway, 
The point is, it's an energy. Spirituality is an energy and an attitude within you. It doesn't have to be spoken of. Um, yet, you can. And be okay with that. And be okay, you know what, if people don't get it, then you actually speaking up about it might just plant the seed in that person's conscious mind, subconscious mind, psyche, that might just be need to be watered by someone else. It doesn't have to be watered by you. It doesn't have to grow into a, a spiritual plant by you. Maybe you just speaking your truth in that moment, saying, hey, yeah, I actually do believe in the universe. I do believe in that. And that could be the moment that you've actually changed someone else's path and trajectory. But only if it needs to be said. Don't go out there and like wave your spiritual flag. Don't treat it as your new identity. Remember, you're just a spirit. Not just, but you are a spirit that is connected to a lot of things. And you just find out, go learn a little bit about quantum physics and you realize how wild this place is. Don't create this new identity around what it means to be spiritual. Just remember your true nature and remember the energetics of this universe. And then you'll realize who you really are. And that, my friends, is becoming spiritual. And I don't think it was what you thought. Maybe it was. But I would love to hear your thoughts um, on what, what this episode brought out for you. I'm going to leave it at that. You know, how did this, what resonated? What was, there was I know I threw out some pretty um, out there stuff, but let me know. Reach out to me on Instagram, email me, whatever you want to do. Listen to this a few times if it was a lot. If this was a few times, listen to it for a lot. I don't know what happened there. Um, but I enjoy doing these solo episodes, and I think in 2021 I'm going to do a hell of a lot more. A hell of a lot more. Because it's all about that source energy, baby. Peace, my friends. Have a beautiful Christmas and New Year.